we are back. This is your host, B Folks. This is the Jesus and Jordans podcast, and I am so excited. We are here with a legend. A legend. Uh, when it comes to St. Louis, East St. Louis, Missouri, Illinois, Midwest, and <laughs> just putting people on, being in a an ambassador for Christ, being a musical savant, a musical genius, an all-around great person, being a, a father and a husband and a great communicator, being a producer, uh, entrepreneur, label owner, content creator. Preach, man. Everything. Being a big bro. Preach. <laughs> Even though you went a little too far on that. No, nah, man. Musical genius. Hey, I can still, I'm musical going. savant. Thing. I got so much. Look, tonight I have Thank Levi to King Jr. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm glad to be here. Bro. I'm excited to be here. I'm I trying was... to see why I came after being, though. But... <laughs> <laughs> How did I come second after being? I was I was sitting there thinking, like, who? I was sitting there listening, who? like, hold up, man. <laughs> Else. Shout out to Ben Jones, Amen. my boy, Pastor Ben Jones. Again, thank you so much for giving up your time. Um, thank you for having I me. I appreciate everything. So on this podcast, I am not, I don't have a short memory, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to remember the people who helped me um, in my musical journey, mm-hmm. in life, and um, the overall, I guess, premise with this podcast, overall focus it's highlighting amazing people in the kingdom mm. who are doing dope things for God. That's cool. The way he called them to do. That's cool. Okay. And who better else? The person who, uh, I have so much to say. So look, on this podcast, I'm going to give flowers, man. I'm giving flowers. I'm I'm going to just talk about accolades. I'm going to just, I'm doing everything because too, you are, a legend, bro. No, this is hard. I'm usually the one on the other side. Exactly, because so, you have your own radio station. Yeah, this, this is hard, right? So here. you're always on the other side of this. This is hard for me not to jump people. in. And exactly. Take over. It's all good. <laughs> Even in this moment, you could take over because it's about you. Uh, it's highlighting your life. You have the CDs, DVDs, CDs, DVDs, man, for uh, sale. <laughs> <laughs> the movies, the documentaries. Yes, sir. Um, and now pastoring man. your father, your husband, and you are. A uh, mentor for a lot of people. Yes, sir. Um, so I just want to kind of talk about the beginning because I know where you are now, and we'll talk about how that happened and okay. all that stuff. Uh, being a pastor, absolutely. So just kind of talk about the beginning of you, your life, your childhood. Um, the, I know you grew up in church, and uh, <laughs> you were probably born literally, in church. literally, <laughs> <laughs> literally. You know what I'm saying? So just kind of talk about your life and. I'll pivot every now and then. Okay. This podcast is interview based and I want people to see and appreciate your journey. This is big for me because just in my just in, in all honesty, I'm not a process guy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more of a I heard you say that on the last before and, and after. Yeah. Fat pictures, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got you, you big and now you got six pack. Uh-huh. And I'm uh as I grow up, I'm starting to enjoy the journey and appreciate small victories and just moments along the way, man. So I'm a, I'm a million percent a process guy. You feel uh, a million I feel percent. I feel you. Yeah. So I'm trying to be like that, man. I, I live in the process. Yeah. Literally. That's yeah, where everything happens. Yes, sir. That's how you get to the after. Understood. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, just kind of talk about your life and 
How did all this get started? How did all which part though? Because that's a lot. So as a musician, okay. Right? Um, so go back before to that, before that, before that, because I feel like yeah, you know what? I'm gonna start as a musician. Okay. Because eventually, as we grow in our relationship with, with God, we become minstrels. You know what I'm saying? But before that, we have, you know. We're not doing some things we're supposed to be doing, or mm-hmm. we're we still learning. It's a journey. Absolutely. So just kind of talk about you being a musician and... Well, of course, grew up a pastor's son, yeah. and my musical journey started as a, a drummer at the church. Okay. I, was, I, I wasn't know that. the church drummer. Okay. My cousin, who was pretty much world famous, Terion Tank Gully, yeah. was our drummer. Well, first, my uncle, Mike, was our church drummer, then Terion Gully, and then... Man, we, we've always had, like, all of the drummers. Cleedale King, original yes, founding drummer for Israel, the new breed. Everybody grew up. We all grew up in the same church. So we had to share I drums. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then- There's uh, so much history with you, too. You know, you know David Hicks, keyboard yeah. player? That's, that's my oh, oldest gee. sister's son. Yes, sir. All of us grew up in the same church, started all playing. David probably started playing keys a little before me, but then his oldest brother, Demarius, all of us were drummers. Yeah. David was never really a drummer, mm-hmm. but we were all drummers in the church. Killing My brother Carlos, you got Cleedale, you got Terion, Demarius. Yeah. It was a ton of us, and we fought over mm-hmm. who was going to play. Yeah. Terion was the <laughs> oldest. He got to play the most, okay. and he was probably the favorite of our organist at the time. Okay. Geraldine, Geraldine Gallagher, lady who wrote The Reason Why. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, that whole song. Walk with me, Abby. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, she was our song. minister of music for years. Okay. So Terry, I was her favorite, but my pops got tired of us fighting. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of remember the night it happened when he took us out in yeah. church, Sunday evening service, fussed at us real good. And probably within two weeks, we were all in different music schools taking different instruments. He had us. Yeah. He, he sent us to, to private lessons. Yeah. Uh, Demarius, my nephew who plays drums now. He started off on saxophone, which is funny to this day. That's hilarious. So, so was that church like a hub for musicians? Oh, absolutely. Originally, we were a hub for drummers. Okay. I mean, we 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 always had songwriters, and yeah. for whatever reason, like we always had a good choir, so we always attracted musicians. Yes, sir. That started that next generation. That started us. when it, Just from us fighting, he was like, nah, no more. So he sent me to piano school. I was 10 years old. Yeah. You're talking about 1985. I ain't shame in no the game. Shame no shame in the game. At all, man. Not at all. Not in St. Louis. St. Yeah. Louis, we weren't promised to see 18, 21. So, exactly. man, I don't mind telling how old I am. But yep, 10 years old, he sent me to Valerie Smith, Violin School of Music. And I stayed with her almost 10 years, classical music. My goodness. Yep. And uh, so that was 85. And this was the idea of your father, who was the pastor. Absolutely. Now more questions are coming. Yep, absolutely. So I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna note that. <laughs> so 85, Pastors he did that. Affirming musicians. Oh yeah. And oh no. Putting them into place. Oh no. To be great. Absolutely. 100. percent Just note that right quick. Absolutely. 100%. I'm gonna note that how important that is, not only as your father, but the pastor of the church affirming musicians. And putting them in position. That's right. I I inherited very that. Young age. I inherited that spirit, that concept from him. I love it. Literally, I love it. So he sent me there. That was eighty five. By eighty seven, I'm twelve years old, and Geraldine mm-hmm. leaves finally as okay. minister of music. And I never forget her last night in rehearsal was a Wednesday. We're in the sanctuary playing Army under the pews, mm-hmm. all the kids. And I hear her call my name, and she said, "Come get on the piano." So because people ask old. me all the time, how did I feel? Learning under Geraldine. And the truth is, I didn't. I played for her for one night. I played with her one night, her last night. Yeah. And by that next Sunday, 
we were counting off our, the first you. song we 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 me David Hicks my brother Carlos mm-hmm. uh, my uncle John King was our music director my father was the minister of music but my uncle John is the one that really trained us yeah. to play so man Jesus is mine that was our first song mm-hmm. and we played it every week for about three months uh, <laughs> until we learned a new song yes sir because we were kids man all of us were about the same age so again I'm I'm a note that yeah processes. 12-year-old minister of music. No, my father was a minister of music. Gotcha. So 12, he took over as minister of music. organist. 12-year-old. Yep. Me and David were switching up. Yep. Gotcha. Between 12 organ years and old, yep. singing the same songs every week. Every week. Right? Because you have to learn. Yep. It's a process to this. Absolutely. Every musician's not going to be polished. You, ha- you will have to work with some musicians. Mm-hmm. Right? You may have to change up this set list for a second. Right? Until they get into a place of comfortability in their musicianship. Right? Yep. It's a process. Yep. I love all this because my father always used to say, he used to he used to always say as as churches, as pastors, they have to learn to suffer with, oh with the younger musicians. If you learn to suffer, then you birth loyal musicians in your ministry. Hold on, man. Yeah. Too. That's what he taught us, man. So as leaders, if you learn to suffer with the younger musicians, you birth loyal loyalty, is what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Because when, you, when you raise them up, man, when you grow them at home, they have a sense of loyalty because it's home for them. Oh you know, you don't have to hire out. Yeah. My dad, that season, because he brought in another lady. Her name was Laura Wallace. Mm-hmm. He brought her in during that time. But that, we're talking about 1987. Yeah. That's the last time my father ever hired another musician ever. 1987. Was the last time we ever needed a musician. Any type of musician. I'm going to just put this in context. From a drummer to a keyboard player to a bass player to whatever. Yeah, I was the born last in 86. Time. Really? I'm 36, bro. <laughs> I'm 36. 36. You know what I'm saying? Man, what? You was one when I, I started playing one. for the church. Bro. What month are you? No, I just turned 36 three weeks ago. So December? 17th. So, yeah, yes, you weren't even quite one. I think I started playing for the church in kind of yes, like sir. October-ish. Okay. So, yeah, you weren't even one yet. Man. But that's the last time your father hired a musician. That's the last time he ever had to, because we've just repeated the process. Yeah. We just keep, we, we kept it going for the, for the last, how many years is that? Almost 40 years? Yeah. Yeah. Because 30, 33 years, something like that, 34 I have years? To, I have to note that for, uh, we have to keep going, but I'm going to make a mental note because I got to talk about the issues we're having with musicians and finding people now because of certain processes. Yep. Man, I really wish you were in some of these conversations that I have with like, other leaders, other musicians, just about I'm in a bunch how of to, conversations. yeah, because yeah. we're all feeling it. How to find musicians, and bro, it's almost I've been preaching this for the longest. We have to get them young. Yep, my, my I'm gonna whole, keep going. My whole concept is look yeah. for the look for the little guy who comes and sits on the side where the instruments are, 100%. and he brings straws every week. Hundred percent. That that's who you got to give a drum set to. Hundred percent. That's who you got to give a a pair of sticks to. You got to see where he is first. Yep. And that's what I did. That's why. That's how your Thomases came along. Mm-hmm. Thomas Payton, my yep. nephew, and your Zion Kings. All your sons, and nephews. Your, yep. My sons and yep. my nephew Jamil and just all of them, man, because we, we invested back in these kids. Mm-hmm. That's what they did to us. That's what we did to them. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm jumping around, but I don't know if you remember the movie. You, you know, you're a youngster. Uh, Field of Dreams. Of course. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Famous line from that movie yeah, is, man. if you build it, they will come. It's about a baseball field. I remember. That's the concept we, we, we grabbed a hold of. So yeah. our thing was... We literally built a room in our church just for the youth. You know, after church, as soon as church is over, the kids want to go get on the instruments. Everybody says, get off those instruments. Don't yeah. don't touch. 
Not us. Yes, sir. We say, get on those instruments. Please. Touch. And we build you a whole, we built a whole room for them. And then we invest. That's what we did. We put drums, organs, keyboards, bass, everything is in that room. Microphones, sound system, cameras. We train them there in their room. And we say, go have at it. Play. Play, play, play. Um, I know how you and your father were close. Mm-hmm. Did he ever tell you why, though? Why the emphasis on investing so young, like in music and and not, you know, in um, community? Or oh, I know he did that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, why was music and the emphasis and Probably because it was part of his love. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's probably why. I don't know that he ever, to- that he ever told me. But, yeah, he... He invested in us in more than music. Yeah. Believe that. For sure. But definitely music was his love. And then it benefited him because he was a pastor. Yeah. So he never hired another musician again. Never yeah. had to. So 12 years old, you're on the keys in Oregon. Yep. So when did... Go ahead. No, nah, no, nah, I was about to say. And then by the time I think I was 13 or 14, uh-huh. he said, I need him to learn hymns. Mm-hmm. So he talked to my piano teacher, who I was still a student, of course. Yep. And she got me a job at St. Anne Catholic Church. It's Page and Whittier, which is now Transformation Church. Okay. That was a big Catholic church back back in the day. I think I was in the eighth grade and uh, I played for them for a couple of years. You had to play four hymns a week. Mm-hmm. So I learned every hymn in the hymn book. Yes, sir. And from there, yeah, then everything else. By that time, high school comes, you're in, in the choir, you're in music program. It was pretty much a wrap after yeah. that. Um, did you also do sports and stuff or was it just uh, mainly music? Well, Definitely karate. I played okay. baseball, played basketball. Uh, never played basketball in school, but was definitely uh, on, on the neighborhood team because that's yeah, what we did sure. in the hood. Yep. Uh, but definitely karate. Yeah, I was. I went to state, ranked number four in, in the nation at one time. All of that. So, yeah, I did all of that. Okay. So when did the leadership role come about? Um, you, the main guy. It, was it after the hymns? And now your pop's like, okay, I can really – I have confidence in him leading this ministry from teaching parts to getting the musicians prepared for every Sunday? When did that start? I don't think that really happened for real until about 1994-ish. So we're looking at roughly seven years later. Okay. So by this time, I'm like 19 years old. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm able to start because by by the time I'm 19, I had already produced my first professional record Mm -hmm. at this point. 94, I'm on my second professional record. It's your second record at 19. 19. Yep. For the church? No, I haven't even, hadn't even, that, that wasn't until the next year. It's all for you? <laughs> this was for other artists yeah, that man. knew I had a studio. See, it was different for us back then. See, we're sitting here in front of a computer, a uh-huh. laptop. No, not when I was coming up. Okay. You, you had to have reel-to-reels and, and machine. This is before ADATs. Yes, sir. This reel-to-reels, this big... One inch and two inch tape that yeah. you got to spool it. Nah, nah. So everybody didn't have access. So yeah. the fact that my dad always had like recorders and studio equipment, that's kind of how I learned that side of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I really almost by default, man, people start coming to me because I was the kid with equipment, yeah. you know, that had access to equipment. So, so 94. Yeah. I, I think I was able to just step up. He'll say, man, I need you to take over rehearsal tonight. I got this. And we do it. So then by 95, February, he made me minister music. Yep. And that was it. It was a shocker. He shocked me on the night of our first live recording yes, for sir. the church. Yeah. What did it do for you that this affirmation was coming from your father? Not just your pastor, but your pops who has to, like, when he comes off the microphone, mm-hmm. the podium, the stage, he's still your daddy. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? He was still he my gonna, daddy on he the gonna, stage. He going to go with the daddy mode real quick. <laughs> he stayed. He never left daddy mode. Believe that, brother. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he was what, rough. what did it do for your, your making, your molding, that this affirmation, this validation was coming from your pops? So, when you're saying coming from, you're you're asking me basically, basically uh, to go back and travel back in time to how I felt then. What did mm-hmm. it do for me then? Mm-mm. Yeah, nah, I, I hate it. Talk about it. I, I wasn't I wasn't with it. Okay. I, I I didn't care. I didn't I didn't see the good side of it. I didn't see the affirmation. I didn't see oh he trusts you enough to do. No, I didn't mm-hmm. see that. Because first of all, at that time, my our choir may have been like 45, 50 voices. That's a lot. Yeah, older people. Yeah, everybody that knows you from little too mm-hmm. little too sweet people who literally change your diapers. Yeah, off tops, they not really they not giving you that respect. Yeah, they they're not. It just, it just, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, they, they want to act like they are. Mm-hmm. They're not. <laughs> so how did you move through that with like confidence? And I know it was, it was moments of doubt, obviously. Man. There was moments of fear. Man. It's church. It was moments of much anger. Anger, Man. frustration. Like, why did you do this to me? I want to quit. Why did you put me in this position? Yeah. So when you're older, right, what kind of things do you take from that, from those seasons? Learning how to go through the process. Yeah. Don't just quit. In the middle of the process, mm-hmm. just see it out, man, and stick with it. Take it one moment at a time. I don't even take it a day at a time. Yeah. I take it a moment at a time. Yes, sir. Eventually adjust it, you know, and I would say, I would say probably by 96-ish. Okay. It didn't take really long. I kind of started to come into my own, and I was able to really kind of take the bull by the horns. Yeah. Take control of the situation. It took, it took me about a year or so, but, gotcha. yeah. I understand that. So... But you got to remember, I was young. Exactly. I was still a kid. So about to have to step up and be stern, not disrespectful, yeah. but stern with adults, it, it caused a lot of issues. I mean, because by 96, you're only 21. Yeah, absolutely. 21. Still a kid. I know what I was doing at 21. <laughs> I was playing, you know, in church, but I went over uh, a music ministry. Man. I wasn't chipping off at that at 21. 21 years old. 21. Could have been doing everything else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just forget the church. I'm going to do my life. I'm young. I'm, I can run around, just do whatever I want to, right? And I know we all have our ups and downs, but you were still dedicated to the church, though. If that's what you want to call it. <laughs> man, I was scared it. of my daddy, man. I was scared of my mama. Bro, that's the fear of the Lord. Yeah, man, I, I was scared of my mama, man, so. I, I tell my friends all the time, when I was coming up, I grew up in church, mm-hmm. right? But I was arm's length from all the crap, mm-hmm. all the negativity, just my friends were dibbling, dabbling in everything, right? And if it wasn't the fear that I had for my parents, mm-hmm. I could have went left also. Like I I had, I'm born in U City, right? And that part of the neighborhood where it's like, we had Wolfton High School right up the street. Mm-hmm. And across from us was Pagedale. I don't even know how we were at U City, mm. but like it's really Pagedale because Pagedale Park is literally to my left. Mm. If I'm looking out the door, Pagedale Park. So you got all the gangs in the, in the 90s. Everything. So I'm too young, but once I came out to North County, yeah, gangs were everywhere. One of the things I suffered with was acceptance. Mm. I wanted to be accepted by everybody. Yeah. Everybody. My friends, I was in sports, so all my friends and the girls, I wanted to be accepted with the people at the church. I wanted to be accepted by my parents, by my, I got three brothers by my brothers. I wanted to be accepted with the gangs. And it's like, it was the fear of my parents. Yeah. I was starting to kind of make that change. I, mm-hmm. was, I was wearing blue chucks and laces and like, yeah, I'm going to do this. 
Man, I was not bringing that stuff to the house, though. <laughs> I was not. I was not bringing that home. So I understand. Because really, that yeah. saved my life. My parents. Oh, most definitely. I grew up on the west side of St. Louis. Oh yeah. I I, I didn't. Right we down we didn't move side. from over there. Until I grew up on Washington, right off Delmar. Okay. And uh, I was Paige in Kingsland. I stayed behind London and Sons on Delmar. Mm -hmm. That's where I grew up. My I was born and raised in that house until I was nineteen. Everything was going on on the west. Side. Oh, everything. And I stayed in a blood infested neighborhood. Yeah. Was bust over the VAP on Natural Bridge, right off Grand. Okay. It was all Crip School and Disciple School. So just navigating those worlds, and then yes, the sir. fact I played piano. Yeah. And I went to a performing arts school, which was still a public school. Yeah. Full of gangs and oh man, it was hard. It, it was hard, bro. It was hard. And they knew I was a church boy, a pastor's son, so I had to prove myself. Yes, sir. Yeah, I had to fit in, too. And yeah, it's it a lot of that. I mean, just like what you said, I could not appreciate it at the time. Mm -hmm. But I thank God I came from a two-parent household. Yeah, absolutely. And both of my parents were both six foot. Really? My mama was six foot tall, bro. Really? Yes. <laughs> That's why you had that from fear. From the west side. <laughs> they both from, my dad's from Paige and Clara. My uh -huh. mom from Paige and Arlington. Wow. West side kids. Which is... Right, you know pretty saying? much around the corner from where they, I grew up. They did not play, though, yeah. <laughs> right? So anyway, so again, I used to kind of think it was corny having to play outside and then tell the homies, I got to go to church. Uh -huh. But it kept me. Yeah. Because they were right there, you know? Hey, I'm about to go sell some weed, bro. All right, I go with you, you know what I'm saying? Because it's my friends. Yeah. Anyway, so two is 96, 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Taking on the responsibility of being over the music ministry. Yep. By that time, I was a year in. So, how are you learning how to? A year and a half. How are you learning how to build a team and trust other musicians? Now, I know it's a little easier because you guys grew up together. We were all family, right? I was thrust and thrown into that concept. Yeah. Uh, what was your vetting process for new cats, though? Didn't really have new cats. <laughs> okay. I don't think I first got my new first. Well, okay, I take that back. Ninety-five, the year I became minister of music, Demarius was having some issues. He was our drummer at the time because yeah. by that time my cousin Terion is going to college, all of that. And Demarius was having some issues, so I did bring in a new cat. I don't know if you're familiar with Mark Kolenberg. Of course. Mark grew up yes. in our church, basically. Yeah. You know, uh, well, he started with us. He, I can't say really grow up, but he started with us when he was 14. I knew of Mark when he was playing at uh, Faith Miracle Temple. Oh, yeah, that was after. Yeah, that was once he moved, came back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he stayed with us from 14 until college. Wow. And I just I just heard him one day. He was a kid. We had to play for a concert, and he played, and he counted the song off, and it was a pretty difficult song. Yeah. And I was like, oh, who is this kid? Killing. Yep, and we just we clicked, man. And he was only 14. At that time, I was, uh, this would have been, 90, it was 95. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I was I was 20 at the time. Yeah. We clicked, and Mark was with me for the next several years. But how was it MDing the homies, though? Especially when the homies are your blood. Exactly, because when I became um, the MD at Influence in 2020, I had a couple friends who I brought with me. Mm. And it's like, sometimes they can't distinguish between yeah. Friend, everybody don't know how to and turn leader. It off. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like, bro, we're you're my guy, but the level of professionalism still has, and the standards still have to be there even for you. So, how did you like? Kind of talk about that for a second. How you navigated as a young guy? As a young guy, yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't really able to successfully do it until all my family 
started going up, going and playing, getting other jobs at other churches. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really able to do it successfully. Couldn't gotcha. do it with them. David is the youngest out of all of us, David Hicks, but he always acted older and he always looked older than me. Yeah. Back then, I, I everybody thought I was the baby. I probably acted like the baby. Gotcha. So, nah. And plus, I was minister of music, but it was always a joint thing. Like, yeah. we we arranged together. We did it. I, was, I love it. As minister of music, I was just over the choir, basically. Exactly. I mean, I wasn't telling them guys what to <laughs> No, sir. I wasn't telling them guys what to do. Mm-hmm. If so, it was a clash. Yeah. So, no, nah, I can't say I did it then. It wasn't until the guys started coming in, and then the next musician I ever brought in was Yank, Brian Yank Hunter. Oh, yeah. On base. So it was me, Yank, it's and so Mark Colenberg. man. Oh, yeah. Oh, y'all three together? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. And by that time, oh my by the time Yank comes, oh that's goodness. the same time Ray Tina is coming to the oh church. She's God. like 13, 14 years old. So you're talking about that's when it's, it's during that era yeah. when everything just kind of just yeah. sprouted. E- everything, man. That's probably when I became... Okay. "Quote unquote," Levi Two King. Yeah, yeah. Just because I was free at that point to, yeah. yeah. Now I probably play some of my best music with my brothers and all of them. Uh huh. Because man, we feel each other. We grew exactly. up together. Exactly. But now I'm able to take a little control. I can step up because I had to now because yeah. you bringing some other guys in and yeah, that was those those were the good old days right there. What I love about you too is so many things, mm-hmm. but it's like when you were born and when you came up, God placed you in this area at the right time because you have the ability to, here's me giving flowers. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of this. All right. <laughs> I look up to you, bro. I appreciate you know what I'm saying? That. I look up to you. I always have. <laughs> you you have the ability, like, I call, I've called you, you know, just behind your back, the bridge, mm. because your arms are in both generations with um, the gospel greats of the old. Mm-hmm. Right? You learned their music. You played with them. Absolutely. So you have your hand in this, the Absolutely. knowledge, the relationship, the wisdom, the discipline. The discipline. The discipline. <laughs> That's the big one. Right? The discipline. The What real gospel music is, mm-hmm. music from the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? The melodies, the styles, you have all of that. But you are 100% relevant with all of us. Mm. And the generations after us. God would say, like, Thomas and Zion, they're after me now. Mm-hmm, right. So they're probably the first, second generation after me. Mm. But you have the influence, the wisdom, the knowledge to give us. Like, you're, I can I have a mic in my hand, so I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, that bridge, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, you're right there. You're right there. That's why so many of us look up to you, because it's like, you know both worlds. Like, you know how to flow Cause like with us, you were never like dated. Mm-hmm. Also, you were always touchable, mm-hmm. approachable. That's the biggest part. Talk about that for that, a second. That's that's it. That's the answer. That that is the answer. Being approachable. You have to be able to. Your phone has to be on, and you got to be able to answer the phone. Whoever it is, if they text you, you got to text them back. If they yeah. call you. You missed the call, you got to call them back, and you have to sit up and answer questions. You got to talk to them. If they ask, can they come by and just talk to you and ask you questions, you have to. There, There is no, I, I have a rule, man. You know, people say that's a dumb question. I don't believe in dumb questions. That's, There's I, no I 100% dumb question. agree with that. If you have a question, yeah. it's not dumb. That, that means you don't know I the agree. answer. Yes, sir. Ask the question. I'm going to answer the question. Yeah. And so that's really the key. 
uh, when people ask, how did I get in this position to be a quote unquote bridge? Because I've been asked that question all the time. It's just relationship, man. It's listening to people. Yeah. It's ta- it's answering the phone when they call. It's literally showing genuine care for people. Mm-hmm. Simple, simple as that. I don't know how you know everyone's names, bro. Your memory, bro. You you, you learn to genuinely care Everybody, for people. Bro. Yeah. Everybody. You have to. <laughs> you you have to. You, you you got to. To get a call from you is an honor. That's crazy. To it me. always has been. That's crazy to me. Because you know my breath stink in the morning, right? <laughs> when I get up. You you put your pants on <laughs> like everybody else. I, I hate to say this on, One your, on your podcast, but <laughs> I, I put it in the bed last night. And my wife said, baby, you stink. It's horrible. So... <laughs> That's why get it's out funny the to me when people treat me a certain way. <laughs> yeah. It's like, bro, you have no clue. My breath smell worse than yours uh, uh, on your worst day. But you just said something, mm-hmm. too. You have no clue, though, bro. Mm. I started playing. I've been singing my whole life in the mm-hmm. choir. I heard you say that last week. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't life. know that. In the choir, you know, great choir. I'm, a, I'm not a lead singer. Mm. I would hold that background <laughs> down, bro. I was singing soprano as a kid. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't tell me that. You didn't have a tambourine, did you? Nah. I I just had the the flexibility, right? Uh. And thank God for my mom, man. Uh. Just when I was shy, she she would always push. I don't know why you playing. You know you can sing. Uh. (sighs) You're a better singer than Josh? No. Josh is definitely a better singer. Definitely I was about to say, singer. if you're a better singer than Josh, you oh, cold. God. He's he's a he's phenomenal. Okay. All so, right. but I started playing bass at age 18. I'm a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. I remember about the time you about the time you start playing. Mm-hmm. I remember. So, were you at the City of Life then? Yes, I was. I remember Jay Ross doing a video on you. Yep. That was uh, like that, 2007. That was kind of like one of my first. That's one. Of, that's probably some of my first recollection of you. Yeah, I had been playing time. for a hot second. Yeah. By then. And Jay, Jay Ross, shout out to Jay Ross. He's going to be on the podcast real soon. Uh, Jay just hey, being. Your your sense of button ready. <laughs> or just being the, uh, I know y'all best friends, y'all brothers, man. <laughs> that's, my, that's my brother. That, y'all are brothers. That's my brother. Him, him being the big bro, just trying to put me on. And I was just like, bro, you're making a mistake. I'm going to, no, he didn't. There we go. I'm going to come to the basement anyway and just do whatever. But I, I, I heard about you. When I was still in, still in the choir, though, mm-hmm. you know, your influence and just who you were. One of my early memories of you, we're going to talk about this for a hot second, was your involvement with Derek Hubbard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So my history is this. He used to be our minister of music, too, at the church. That's crazy. Yeah. So now his sister, right? Lady um, Diana. Yes, or, and Lorella, or, Lorella, or Lorella, Earl. Earl, right. those were my pastors mm-hmm. at Abundant Life. Exactly. Right? So, of course, the other siblings, I call them my Were you Diana. there when they built the church? Oh, yeah. Well, so I'm 86, right? So they were already on Ash. I mean, you city church when they I built. Was there. Our they, choir, we, we, we sang for y'all's installation service. That's we were crazy. The, we were the special guests that night. I was there. Yeah. Because you city was built around 1990. So we were first in the auditorium. It would have been like about 92, four, something like that. Five-ish, four-ish. Yeah, because like the the big part was like 96, five, six. So like um, the gym, we first we were first in the gym. That's 94. Again, I'm 86, so I was super Yeah, it would have been like about 95-ish, 96, yep. yeah. 
So, of course, yeah, siblings, they would come to they would come down from South Bend. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mama Miller's was mm-hmm. what I call her. Yeah, um, Mother Diana. Yeah, all the kids, YPJ, <laughs> all the siblings. Where we, I've been knowing them my entire life. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we weren't in South Bend, they were down here with us. So of course, brother Derek. Absolutely. You know the huge, voice. Huge influence on me. The man. preacher. Huge influence. For some reason. The musician. The musician, I know. <laughs> he was our church musician for years. He lived in our, we had an apartment in our church. He lived there. Oh, my goodness. So I saw him every day. <laughs> so that's like, for one of your recordings, you did a tribute to him. Because mm-hmm. um, I was at the funeral. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like March, they are, March 2005. They are family mm-hmm. to our family, right? YPJ, Jonathan Miller came down to preach at my mom's funeral. Mm-hmm. Like They are family to us. So, but I first heard about you through them. Mm. You know, St. Louis is small anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about that for a second? That relationship with Brother Derek? Oh, man. I know he was a huge influence on your life. So man. he was like, he was like one of my mother's best friends. Gotcha. And my aunt, my auntie Diane, that's definitely her best friend for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up around him. Yeah. I, he was family to us, you know, so... He grew up in the church. He played. He had a different sound. He had a group in our within our church. It was kind of birthed out of our church uh, called Unity, gotcha. and we couldn't stand them because he would not let us play drums. Yeah, he didn't want any drummers. Yeah. It was just him and the singers. Mm-hmm. But he used to have the best songs, man. man. The best songs, man. So yeah, evangelist. Uh, oh my gosh, preacher. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that was my guy, man. He came home not too long before he passed, came home and wanted to cook us an African dinner because, of yeah. course, his last few years, he moved he moved mm-hmm. to Africa. Yeah. So he came came to the house, cooked us an entire African spread, yeah. and that was literally right before, right before he passed. Yeah. This had to, this had to be probably four months ago. Mm-hmm. I just went to YouTube to just, I don't, I don't even know why, mm-hmm. just to go search some of his messages while he was in Africa. Mm. Bro. The influence, yeah. the impact. Such a godsend to those areas, bro. Man. Such I, a godsend. You know, his, he he has a testimony for sure. Yeah, man. And so for me to see him pre-testimony yeah. and then to see what he turned out to be, yeah. you can't tell me there's not a God, man. There's no way. You, there's there's just no way. So it's kind of fast-forwarding because mm-hmm. there's so much, so much history. When did songwriting... Um, music production come. I know I know how you were the man with the uh, equipment mm-hmm. when you were around 19, 18. Yep. But when did like the the creativity, the the push to create your own music, to recreate music, to uh, produce and to write for other people, when did all this start for? How did how, everything how just kind of happen? Yeah. Do you know? Everything just kind of happened. My first time that I can remember, quote unquote, production, me doing production. First of all, like I said, my father had the studio. He owned the studio. So at one point we had the studio in the basement of our house. And then we had a building on right at Page and King's Highway okay. on the third floor. So all the who's who. Mm-hmm. Everybody came through, everybody. man. I mean, everybody. When I was probably about 12 years old, you probably don't know this name, but his name is Jeffrey LaValle. 
Jeffrey LaValle, phenomenal gospel producer, really popular. I'm, I can tell you what song he wrote that you definitely know. All praises be what? to the King of Kings and the Lord. I, yeah. That's St. Louis? No. Oh, no, it's so not St. Louis. He's not from St. Louis. Mm -mm. But he would come through. So oh he came goodness. through our studio and did like a, uh, uh, he spent a week producing this a record here. On Actually, as a fact, Pastor Norman Owens mm -hmm. Jr. from Rhema. Mm -hmm. And I'm about 12 years old. So at 12 years old, oh my goodness. I just get to just sit there quiet. I don't say anything. And I watch him make tracks. And at this time, he's like big time producer. Like he's yeah. producing, because at that time, Tremaine Hawkins, there's nobody bigger than her. Oh, yeah. He produced her song that like was Grammy nominated, Grammy award yeah, winning. Yeah. yeah, he's that that level guy. I used to watch him. So by this time, this is about eighth grade for me. And I sang in the choir in the eighth grade and nobody was able to play the music. And I remember telling my music teacher, uh, if you want me, no, the tape broke of the music. That's okay. what happened. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I can I can remake that song if you if you want me to. Uh-huh. And she was like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, I was like, well, can I just, you know. So she gave me the sheet music because yeah. I was classical, classically trained. She gave me the sheet music and uh gave me a copy of the copy of the tape, what but it wasn't good enough for us to perform to. Mm -hmm. I had a Insonic EPS. I didn't have it, my dad had it. Yeah. <laughs> and I recreated every track. Yeah. And they used it for the whole concert. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you who's in the choir with me back then. I was in eighth grade. She was in the sixth. She keeps saying she was in the seventh. She was not Dorian Nemo. <laughs> you were in the sixth grade. But Dorian was in that same yeah, choir. And Dorian. for that Christmas musical, yep. that was probably my first time. Because uh -huh. I was like, I can do this. Yes, I sir. just watched Jeffrey LaValle. I didn't know I could Timeless do it. Timeless song that we just did Easter at my church. That song. Uh, Mav City, Maverick City, they just produced that song a year ago. Yeah. That's crazy. Not produced it. Recorded yeah. that, that song? We did it on uh, Tamika Fogey oh my a couple God. of years ago, and he reached out. Kanye West and his choir. They sure did, right. Have recorded that same song. So I, he, oh he didn't remember too. me as a child. Yeah. So when we did it for Tamika, yeah. he made a comment on Facebook. So I reached out and like, you're not going to remember this. But the reason I'm doing production is because at 12 years old, I sat in the studio for a week and watched you every day from sunup to sundown, you know. So that's kind of where it started for me. And then after that, man, high school, once I got to high school, when it was time for talent show, yeah. everybody knew I can remake all the Jodeci classic, the Jodeci songs they had and no the chance. In Vogue. And <laughs> no chance. I did. And I was charging like $25 a track oh my goodness. <laughs> in high school, yeah. 14, 15 years old. As a matter of fact, my freshman year, they came and got me. That was I didn't do the tracks that year. I actually played. Yeah. It was the years after that I did the tracks. And the first song I ever played for the talent show was Derek Hubbard's song, Timmy Doesn't Live Here Anymore, for mm -hmm. a guy that sang it. And that that's pretty much when, when things took off for me from that side. And then after that, man, talent show stuff, doing tracks for everybody. That's what yeah. that's what got that production side up, because I'm covering everybody's music. Yep. So I'm learning your style. I'm learning the tricks mm -hmm. just by uh remaking remaking songs. Yes, sir. Yeah. So that's amazing too. That's that. That's amazing. So you you've been an entrepreneur since you was fifteen, bro. Yeah, that's for sure. You've been an entrepreneur, maybe four, yeah, four by fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So kind of speed up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You you have Me Too Music, mm -hmm. right? How did Me Too Music birth? Where did Me Too Music come from? So two thousand or two thousand one. Yeah, I got a call to do. I don't know if you remember Men of Standard. Of course, come on. Okay. I've been I've been in church my whole life. Okay. Come on. So Men of Standard, Isaac Curry, and Lowell Powell. So I got oh, the yeah. call then sure. 
to do that record. I did a couple of songs. I produced a couple of songs on that album. And my father, I'm sorry, this was this was what year? Probably 2000, 2001. I'm about 25, 26, something like that. How did that connection happen with Men in Standard? There's a guy, one of the biggest radio personalities in the U.S., gospel radio personalities. Mm-hmm. One of my closest friends now, my brother, KD Bo. He's the DJ, okay. has the morning show. He was a singer back then. Yeah. So... My father's record label had a distribution deal, and the distribution deal was with the same company that this guy was gotcha. on, was on. So when we got that distribution deal, they heard the music mm-hmm. and hired me to do some songs on his album, gotcha. which was like an all star album full of everybody back then: ASAP, yeah. Alex Ward, and mm-hmm. I think Eric oh, Dawkins legends, was on there. Man, yeah, all of them. So at this point in time, this ninety, this was ninety eight. I'm only like. How old was I in 98? About 23? 23. Yeah. And so I'm nervous yeah. to do that. But he flew He flew here because it's prior to the internet. It's before we can do files with the internet. Mm-hmm. Flew here, stayed here about a week. And, man, we hit it up. And he really helped put that confidence in me Yeah, to let me know, bro, you got this. Come on, let's make some tracks. And we, we ended up doing about four songs for his album, which never came out. Yeah. But because he had it and would play for all his friends before you knew it, I started getting calls from everybody based off of that, an album that never came out. Yeah. And that's kind of how that call that call happened. I, he and Isaac Correa like brothers as well. So he heard the tracks. He reached out. They reached out. And uh, so my father, it was time to do the production, the contract stuff. Yeah. And I wasn't even around. My father got the paperwork. They faxed it to him. And he just filled it out for me. He was teaching me the business. Mm-hmm. Like he used man. to make me read books, man, and then, and then quiz man. me on them. Such yeah. an in- intricate person in your life. Oh, absolutely. My oh, goodness. Man, he would make me read books thick as a phone book on the yeah. music business. Yep. And we were riding the car and he would quiz me, literally ask me questions on contracts and, and publishing and all of that. So This yeah. is the stuff that people don't know about you too, man. Oh no, that's I'm probably better at all of that than I am music. The yeah. business side. The business side oh, of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Hundred percent. So yeah. yeah. He filled out the paperwork <clears throat> and he just wrote down Me Too Music. Yeah. You know, he was like, yeah, we have to put a name. So he wrote the name down before we ever registered it. Your pops. Yeah, he came up with it. And honestly, man, I hated it. Really? I, oh, I hated it with a passion. <laughs> so so now you you have to tell me some of the names that you thought were better. I didn't have any. Oh, okay, cool. I just hated okay. that one. I was like, <laughs> me too, music. <laughs> man, that's, I can't say what I want to say. <laughs> it's like, man, I don't like that. But it was too late. Yeah. Paperwork was filled out. I get the CD back. It's a produced by Levi King. For Me Too Music. Yeah. I was like, man, that was about 2001, maybe, when it came out. Three years later, man, the Lord spoke to me. Three years later is when I got saved, for real. 2004. Lord spoke to me and started telling me about digital downloads. Mind you, 2004, we had never heard that term before. I was like, digital downloads? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, 2004, we, like, I didn't know what YouTube was yet in 2004. I probably- Uh, Was it out? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I remember, so, to my memory- Mm -hmm. The birth of Facebook was 04, 03, 04. I remember back then, I remember the name Black Planet. Yeah, oh yeah, that's before. But I don't remember Facebook. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. when I went to college in 05, Facebook was about a year old. So I think YouTube had just, I remember, I, I want to say YouTube was probably 04, bro. About that time? Yeah. I, I remember there was a lawsuit 03, 04. happening with Napster during that time. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know what Napster was, so mm-hmm. I didn't know what digital download. So the man, the Lord just started speaking to me Gosh. and told me, I want you to do this. And he literally laid the plan out. And I went and talked to my father. I was like, 
got this idea. I think it's the Lord. Yeah. And he was like, how much you need? I was like, uh, well, I wasn't coming to ask for money, but since you, since you asked yeah. me, you know, and he funded the start of Me Too Music. Yes, sir. And I paid him back within a, he says I paid him back within a month that's because crazy. it kind of just really took off, you know? Yep. And that's kind of how Me Too Music started, man. Everything was just kind of, it wasn't happenstance. It didn't just happen because I was working yeah, man. every day. Oh, but yeah. I can't say I was working towards the purpose of, I'm going to start Me Too Music. I'm going to yeah. do this. I was just working. In I the was, flow of it. That's all. I was just you creating. are You are a testament of what it looks like to stick and stay. Oh. Endurance, bro. Endurance, which has, at first was fueled by passion, mm-hmm. you know. But eventually, you said in 2004, that fuel came from purpose. Mm. Pure purpose. Like, okay, I done gave my life to Jesus for real, for real. Yep. I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to do it his way. So when did um when did you begin to see music differently from a spiritual standpoint? Probably from a spiritual standpoint and yeah. like what music really does like for the soul. When especially when it's musicians full of the Holy Spirit, right? Who are intentional about bringing God's presence. Mm-hmm. Like what music can really do, because we all seen it where it does for the world. Mm-hmm. But when were your eyes open and enlightened to? A hundred percent, two thousand four. Talk about that for a second. Mm, I don't happened, know if you want man. me to, because <laughs> the truth is, I don't see it like everybody else sees it. I would love. To know I, how I, you see I am it. the most non musician musician. Oof. Explain that for me. I, I first of all, I don't even have a love for music. I don't have a passion for music. You gotta talk about that for us. Can't ever, can't really don't remember it if I ever did. Really? Let alone when. I can't remember if I ever had it. I was forced to play piano. Remember, I told you that. Uh huh. And what happened was there was some type of natural ability there. And the fact that I can make money, Mm -hmm. because my first record I did, I was a senior in high school. Yeah. And I got paid. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh. And then the next record, my second record was 94. Mm-hmm. And I was a freshman in college going into the second half of my freshman year in college. And I got at 18, at, I was still 18. Yeah. And I got $4,000 at 18 in, in 93, 94. Oh, man. I did it for the money, brother. Yeah. Yeah. I did it because, oh, something I don't even really like. Yeah. I can make this kind of money. Cool. So, yeah, I'm not that guy who has a passion for music or loves music. My music is somebody else's post office job. Somebody else's uh, McDonald's job. It pays the bills. Wow. Yeah. But I just also understand it, too. I understand the spiritual side of it. So anything I do in life, man, even if I don't like it, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to commit to it. I don't care what it is. So, yeah, you're looking at somebody who I don't know if I ever like music or love music. I don't even really listen. I listen when I have to. <laughs> I did to. not know that, bro. Yeah, I, I don't, man. That's crazy. I listen to talk radio and yeah. comedy, and I listen to it. You know, I listen to it when I'm driving sometimes. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not a music guy. Yeah, man. Okay, I I get it. I'm so not, it's just it's just been, you know, I'm getting paid for it, so I might as well just stick. Which with Which is it. the biggest irony in my life yeah. for me to end up in the seat that I ended up in St. Louis, and people don't even know I'm not even a music guy. Because you are that guy. I, I wouldn't say that. I just know the you seat are. that I'm sitting in. So when it comes, when, one thing when people think the about- The seat is the thing. I'm just the one that, for the for the last little bit, who gets to sit in that seat. 100%. But it's the it's seat. It's yours. the office. Yeah, exactly. it's the seat. Yeah. So when people think about Levi 2 King and think about Me Too Music, mm-hmm. the word quality comes up. 
we know it's going to be mixed to the nines. I told you, I just commit. <laughs> if I'm a, if I got to do it, and, and yeah. you know, you know what, you want to know one of my biggest, this is a strong word, but one of my biggest hates on the earth. What's that? Mixing. With a passion, I dread it. I've heard that. I've heard a lot of I mixers don't really like doing that. Stand mixing. Yeah. Uh-huh. I absolutely can't stand mixing, man. Because ear fatigue after a while, it's just like I've heard this record too many times. I got to move on. On to top of else. how many records have I produced and mixed, bro? How, how how many different ways can I do C to C, bro? C to B. Yeah. How many different ways can I hear and mix and play these twelve notes, man? Yeah, man. So. And again, I don't have a passion for it either. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you have to be driven by something else. So, okay, it's hard for me to comprehend mm-hmm. just because. This is normal for me. Okay, cool. People think I'm lying most <laughs> no, of the time. No, no, 100%, yeah. I, 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 I believe you. It's hard for me to comprehend because the things you've done have been so, um, such a trailblazer entrepreneurship or, I'm sorry, endeavor. Mm-hmm. Trailblazing endeavor, for example, the first area fellowship mm-hmm. uh, record. Me personally, I had never seen anything like that. Mm. I knew about church records, mm-hmm. right? right? I knew I knew about those for sure. But bringing the whole region together, and here's your influence. Here's your influence because a call from you matters. That's the influence too. A call from you. So think matters. about it. that's that was two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. This is before any of us were on digital platforms. Yes, sir. This is before we had access to it, right? Yeah. Back then, it was CDs. Yep. There were still some tapes floating around in 2009, mm-hmm. some cassette tapes. DVDs, CDs? Oh, definitely DVDs. So this is the thing. Now, man, putting a project out is as easy as sending an email. Because all you got to do is follow the guidelines, upload it. Yep. It, you, you're not really inconvenienced. Yeah. It doesn't have to really be that good. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to get it mastered mm-hmm. anymore. Everything is software based. That wasn't the case back then. Talk back then, it. you had to go through the man finishing and completing was his own monster. Because you had a live, then you had the studio. Absolutely, and you have so many different types of singers, mm-hmm. types of musicians. Skill levels are all different, mm-hmm. right? People's availabilities and schedules. Oh, man, <laughs> then you did a DVD with that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, trailblazing endeavor. And the truth was, the biggest part of that project for me wasn't the wasn't the CD. It wasn't the it wasn't the recording. Uh huh. The recording was just the soundtrack to the film I was doing. Yep. That's all I was worried about. Yep. I wasn't worried about the recording. Mm-hmm. I mean, I committed because I said I was going to do it, but my heart was not the album. My yeah. heart was the movie. Was the film. Yep. And we were like, oh, we're doing a film. The, the 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 recording was a oh by the way yeah it was like oh by the way let's do a soundtrack and we were like cool what kind we were like well since the film is about the divide in denominations let's put a a black eye in the devil's eye let's give yeah, him man. a black eye and let's just bring everybody from every denomination because back then that was still a thing yeah it's not as much like that now you know that was 13 14 years like 14 years ago yeah but back then we were still pretty divided. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in denomination and I think in organizations, all that. So anyway, yeah. Again, to prove to you, the music side wasn't even my. <laughs> that mm-hmm. wasn't my heart. It was the film. Yeah, the 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 music album just happened. You know, kind of like oh, by the way, let's do this. 
So, but even with our di- division, mm-hmm. a call from two matters. But that's what we I was telling you earlier. I think the together. reason why is because I was during a time where my thing together. is commitment. Yeah, if I'm going to say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So yeah. everybody saw that when I say I'm working on a record, it's coming out. No matter how hard it is from Man. start to finish, it's coming out. So during that time, everybody, because that's during the time, it's not, you can't just upload to the internet. Yeah. So people were not able to just put music out like they wanted. Mm-hmm. So if they knew I said, let's come together and sing, at least they know they're going to get on a record that's coming out. I think a lot of it had to do with that. And then the fact, I'm, I love everybody. I'm yeah, friends man. with everybody. You know, I'm going I'm to call you, I'm going to talk to you, I'm going to check on you, I'm going to listen to you. Yep. So, yeah, I think, I think it's simple. I'm, that's that bridge, though. Yeah. Because you had a little bit of everybody. Well, not a little bit. You had everyone there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I wasn't as um, well-versed in mm-hmm. my musicianship at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was a fan in, in, in the audience. <laughs> so I got to see everything, right? And, um, oh, man, what a time that was. Yeah. We were so young. I I mean, I had been playing maybe maybe four years, mm. if that. But just to be in that atmosphere. And a lot of your guys were a part of that. I know. From, I, from everybody city of life. was there. Yeah. Everybody was there. A lot of the city troop was in that choir. They were. Yeah. They were. I remember that. Um, horn sections. Mm-hmm. Dancers. Yep. The arts, man, just displayed in a very major way. What did that do for you to finish that product, that project? Because after, like I said at first, after the live, you had to do the studio part. Mm-hmm. You know, well, what did that do for your your commitment level, your stick and stay? You're just like, man, I could really do something big and like finish big stuff, finish big projects. And well, the year before that was the Megan Williams record. It was. Let's talk about that for a second. Uh-huh. That era that time period in St. Louis was crazy. It was super crazy. For up and coming artists. It was it was super crazy. It was crazy. Cause I had knew about Megan just from like background singing mm-hmm. with other artists. I right? think during that time she was touring with Jay Moss, I believe, singing background. Yeah. And yeah. then this had this had to be old. Let me let me get my dates right. Oh seven God's chosen. Had their CD release mm-hmm. at Bethesda. Bethesda. Mm-hmm. And I think the group opened mm-hmm. up for them or something like that. Like yeah, that. My group. And I saw I was like, again, I'm 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 still fresh. Mm-hmm. I've only been at the City Life. We had some involvement with some other churches, but that's it. I, I don't know nothing about this. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up coach. Yeah, I ain't grow up. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what is this? Hmm. I was there with a friend. Yeah, that was your you know? Megan's, your Ray Tina, all us in one group together. Oh, yeah. Lamont. Lamont, Crystal, my sister Crystal. Bro, I'm like, what? Where am I? Teresa. Everything that God's chosen does is huge. Absolutely. It's big. They don't even their record that you produced. Mm-hmm. Huge record. Um, I'm just like, where am I? <clears throat> that 07. Around 2012, 13, Phase 2 was coming up. Mm-hmm. And all these artists, Corey, Barry, and yep. Mitchell. And just like, I don't, I'm not going to name names because I don't have the memory like to. <laughs> I don't want nobody being offended. I am a St. Louis fan. Me too. I'm also, I, I'm a lover of St. Louis Christian hip hop. So there, those artists were coming mm-hmm. up at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. 
Because, like, I, again, I'm trying to— And then I was in the background working for a lot of them, too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm trying to take this life seriously with following Christ, so I got to stop listening listening to Snoop Dogg mm-hmm. and the people I was listening to in R&B, and God provided this music from the crib. Mm-hmm. From the crib. I could just go to your church— Cause concerts every weekend. Oh, every weekend. Musicals every weekend. They were a subculture in the community here. They had their own, bro. Their own economy the within the economy. Christian bro. rap scene was a whole. It, it was, was its own scene. Yeah, absolutely. I made every concert. Mm. You know what I'm saying? For and you would go there, and you may only see a handful of people from the gospel scene. Exactly. It was its own scene. Thizzle, Mike Real, Flay. It was his JR, own scene. Jay, absolutely. You know everybody. I'm I'm there at yep. these concerts, so that time for music, bro. Oh, man. I, I I can't lie, bro. I miss it. I miss it too. Yeah, Pan- pandemic did a lot to us. Yeah, and yeah. you said you you had your hand in all this stuff. I I wasn't in as involved on the St. Louis rap scene, the Christian rap scene, yeah. but I was still involved. Cause yeah. you do. Yeah, I was I was still I was still a call involved. from two matters. I'm gonna name this podcast a call from two Man, matters. Man, please. <laughs> Man, please. All right. So one thing I wanted to highlight because you have been an entrepreneur since you were 14, 15. Mm-hmm. You have been a leader um for the choir and the music ministry, and you had to lead the homies. Mm-hmm. One thing about me to music is you put the homies on, you put your friends on, and you put them in places that outside people looking in don't expect them to be in. Mm-hmm. I'm a very observant person. Here's one of the things I told you you've done so much for me. Mm-hmm. I have never told you. <laughs> one thing you did for me that was huge. I'm learning a lot about myself, by the way, tonight. Awesome. Because you're telling me stuff about myself. I don't pay attention to me, but come I, on. I, I dig it. I'm learning a I lot. I love the humility. <laughs> I'm learning One thing a lot. you did for me is this. So I remember this had to be, I, I believe, the first area fellowship or the second. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I saw Alvin doing the camera. Alvin <laughs> Quinn. Mm-hmm. Dude, he was doing, he was a cameraman. One of the top bass players in the area. Bro, I, I, give me a second. <laughs> I'm going to talk about him for a minute. So he was doing pre-interviews for the concert, mm-hmm. post-interviews, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And that was huge for me. Really? Yeah. Here's why. Wow. Alvin is clearly one of the top bassists Absolutely. in this area. When I say area, I don't talk about St. Louis, East St. Louis. Midwest. Region, yeah. Even Chicago. And Chicago has a thousand billion trillion monsters. Alvin is... Hands down, one of the best. That's for sure. And has always been. He's been a big bro. He's put, man, I got stories. When I was coming up as a bassist, Alvin was a very intricate part of that process, mm. right? Shout out to my big homie. Oh, yeah. To see him, because Alvin is goofy, man. Super. Super. But he has so, his, 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 um, his, who he is, his character, like he's it's, he's such a he has such a big personality, and you saw that because he's been with you all these years. And I didn't see it in the beginning, but I'm saying yeah, eventually he was very he was like this when we first hooked up. Yeah, and then when it came out, I was like, where did this guy come from? You know? Yeah, yeah. but eventually, he right? As the first place, killing, been killing. Mm-hmm. But you saw the personality. He's super silly, 
and how he connects with people. Mm. And what He's that showed person, me, sure. again, I, I, I really do believe, now this was, this was Megan's release concert. That was still 09 though. It was, it was fall of 09, mm-hmm. her release concert. Yep. And he was doing those pre-concert and post-concert interviews, mm-hmm. making everyone laugh, making everyone super comfortable. What that showed me is that- Now that would've been fall of 08. Okay, cool. So her release concert, mm-hmm. I know her con- her her uh, the recording the recording was, was January '08. Okay, cool. So I think it was fall. I think it was fall '08. Cool. So, and I was there. I'm in all these concerts, bro. <laughs> what that showed me was this is one of the I was top there guys. too. But I didn't play that night. Yeah, I ran the cameras and the sound. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I've seen you do it. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm going to talk about everybody who you have put together to assemble this beautiful team. But I know Alvin, though, mm-hmm. right? And what that did for me was you can be more than just a musician. You better be more you than just a musician. You better be more than just yeah. <laughs> That's how we look at it. Yeah. Because uh, if you're just a that. musician, you poor. You broke. Talk about that. Oh, yeah. If you're just a musician, if that's all you can do, you're not going to eat what you want to eat yeah. all the time. So you better do more than just music. You better learn yeah. everything. That encouraged me, though, to not let, especially the enemy, bro. The enemy puts you in in these boundaries Mm -hmm. as musicians. I've talked to a lot of musicians, and all they want to do is just be a musician, produce, record, tour. And that's cool. But what that, again, what that did for me was, man, I've been doing cameras? Mm. Wait. And also at those concerts, he'll still do a couple songs oh, too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I saw him to do some songs on lead guitar. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So it's just like being a musician. There's more to it, and especially when you have a relationship with God, let Him expose those other gifts and talents. Absolutely. That's inside you. Absolutely. It was bro too. It was huge for me. Really huge. Wow. Because I, I just kind of look back and like, huh, okay, cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Seeing you on the cameras. But then also, eventually, with your radio show mm-hmm. and seeing Donald, seeing Rob, Rob, Rob Woody, bro, mm-hmm. doing interviews, asking questions, talking. Being goofy. Being goofy. Right. Showing um, his human side. Uh, Tiandra, mm-hmm. man, like the the personalities. How did you assemble? Here's what I want to talk about for a second, with being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and delegating, um, trusting people. Mm-hmm. How did you, or where did you get this this knack for putting teams together, putting people together to be? them best sales outside of the stuff that people know them to do. Again, we're talking about Donald doing, he's a drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob, world-class drummer, mm-hmm. Rob Woody. But he's doing a radio. He's doing radio. Exactly. They're doing interviews. They're doing promo. They're, you know what I'm saying? Tiandra doing the news. And mm-hmm. it's like one of, one of the best singers mm-hmm. in St. Louis. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, how did you do this, bro? And, Lamont and I see every everyone's doing interviews for you, bro. Oh, everyone's yeah. doing 
Like, you, but you have this way of bringing people together, putting teams together, and they flourish. I know it's been ups and downs, obviously, mm-hmm. but like, it, it works. That's all I know. It just works. <laughs> I don't, man. I don't have a recipe. Okay. I, I didn't sit down and say we're gonna do this. We're gonna do, man. We were we we were just all. First of all, that's my family, all of them. Yes, sir. We we are all Which family. Is very hard. Yeah, we're all to family. work with family. First of all, my whole thing <laughs> is because during this time when all of this is happening, all my children at this point are little kids. Yep. My thing is, I will not have anybody around my children who I don't trust. It can't be nobody in my quote unquote camp, musical camp, who my kids are not calling uncle and aunt, and I can't trust them with my children. So that's number one. By this time, when it comes to your family, yeah, that's number one. I don't know who's a blood aunt or uncle and who's not. <laughs> Everybody's uncle. Everybody. I got to ask Thomas. I said, all right, okay, bro, who exactly <laughs> is in your bloodline? Because y'all so deep. Just the bloodline alone is just super deep. That's real. That's but a like, real thing. That's a very good point, though, because it wasn't that throughout this journey, we're talking about area fellowship, one, two, three. You were still a, a daddy. Mm-hmm. You were still a husband. You still had to go home and discipline and, and affirm and raise and be, you know. Absolutely. That stuff don't stop as you're on this journey, you know. At all. So, like, yeah, as a businessman, you don't stop being a daddy. The At main all. things are always the main things, right? All, always. But even though that's happening, I mean, you're still a father and a husband. You're building a label and with all these people who you call family, but you have the ability to put them in the right position. But let me tell you how it happened for us. Let me, let me tell you when we all sit around and talk about everything we've done and accomplished, because the truth is, man, we're on records that you don't even know we're on. Y'all listen to records and don't even know it's us. I feel you. Uh, Cause at some point we kind of got smart. We realized if our name was on everything, people started hating because people hated just because they felt, yeah, some people were jealous because we were doing everything. Yeah. So we stopped after a while. Even Man, I, I could point some records out. It's us. Yeah. We produced, we wrote songs, we sang background, we all of that. Because y'all were on everything. 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 To bro. this day, we kind of still are, honestly. Yeah. So uh, the truth is we weren't trying to build anything. We'll, they'll tell you, man, we are friends and family mm-hmm. who just so happen to play instruments and sing. Yeah. So the family aspect of us was always first. Yeah. The music stuff, got to remember, I don't like, I don't even love music. So yeah. music is not a big deal to me. We are friends and family who hang out. The radio show, for instance, mm-hmm. somebody was just sitting around and they saw, because all of us are brothers, you know, not biological, but they like, man, I would pay to hear y'all argue like this every week. <laughs> like y'all ought to do a show. And we were yeah. like, we got the magazine, we mm-hmm. got the equipment, let's do a show. And people literally come on and listen to us for an hour and a half every week just to yeah. hear us argue. Man, I forget that we're on the air, to be honest with you, because we're just sitting there being brothers. We're not trying to build a show. Yeah. We we don't we ain't tripping off of that. Just like we weren't trying to build records. We were just having fun playing music and 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 doing that. Yeah. You know. That, that's all that's all it was. It, we wrote we really weren't trying to build a team. It just it, it just kind of what y'all see as team yeah. for us started as family and everybody just kind of just came into the family. You so know, how is the transitions to like other parts though? Like, you know, camera people, 
and like, we were independent. Entrusting these people we were, we, to be we're, like, we're an independent company. Yeah. Our our budgets are not really high. Gotcha. And even if we did have big budgets, we weren't gonna pay because we want our <laughs> we want more money on the back end. Exactly. So the thing is, okay, if we're gonna get more money on the back end, you're gonna have to work camera one, you got to work camera two, you yeah. had to work camera three. And we'll have to switch it up, figure it out, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. And then by the time we start doing more and more records, most people don't know all them other records we were doing, it was my kids working cameras. Yeah. And my nieces and nephews and my wife. And nah, man, that's that's how that was. Oh, okay. Let's 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 put out some news every week. This is our thing, man. My father taught me this. Look for the lack, find need. Yeah. Look for the void, fill it. Mm-hmm. And so it just so happened to happen. I don't know if you remember, but probably like 2008-ish, 2007-ish, Gospel 1600 went simulcast from Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. So all of a sudden, and, and at this point, 1600 is the one that's kind of playing some of mm-hmm. our local music, 692. Mm-hmm. But at that time, 690, their bosses start, uh, like at the head office, yeah. started Crawford, I think, broadcast, started making them really take more preaching. Yeah. And 1600, they had an issue. That's simulcast. And I know, 1600. Yeah. So they're not playing any local music. Yeah. So all of a sudden, we're like, we need a platform for our local musicians, Truth. our local artists, because we're getting lost in the mix. Truth. So that's when we started our magazine. Yeah. And then from that came our radio show, our radio station. And it was all geared to just push just our local artists. Yeah, man. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't this big plan. It was a need in our community. It was a need for our, our musicians. And that's that's really how it happened. It just happened. And we also haven't seen anything, um, especially at that magnitude since then. Mm. For St. Louis artists. Yeah, it just happened. I get it. It's just a need. I get it. You know, some people see that success is in different states. Mm-hmm. I get it. Cool. If that's if that's your more lane. Power also, you. More yeah. power to you. No hating. But there's something about putting St. Louis on, bro. I also had the opportunity. 2018, we were about to be gone to mm. Kansas City. And God was just like, nope. Mm. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Mm. And I believe... One of the main reasons you've been so successful is because of your heart to put St. Louis on. Where did that come from? My father, man. My father, when my brother left, my brother's name is Carlos Henderson. He's a bass player, one of the baddest bass players you'll ever hear. He moved to New York. He he was he. They moved him to New York. I think he was 22 at the time. It was a famous jazz singer, Betty uh, Carter. Okay. She moved him there and then passed right after she moved. Gotcha. And then uh, after she moved him there, and this is, you're talking like 1996, 97. So all of a sudden, jazz music was like pop music in the early 90s in, you know, in, in the country. But all of a sudden, it's starting to fade. Yeah. So all of these jazz musicians moved to New York, including my brother. So they started hiring them to play for all the hip hop guys and the mm-hmm. singers. And that was the birth of Neo Soul. That's where the sound came from, the jazz musicians. Yeah. My brother was a part of that birthing. That's crazy. A part of that movement. My brother played for Common. I mean, everybody, man. I mean, you can name them. Christina Aguilera, your Commons, your Method Man, your LL. My brother traveled and toured and played for- What? And produced people. Man, my brother is super cold, like dumb cold. But when he told my father, we were all in the car when he told my father that he got the job, he wanted to move. And my dad told him, go, son. He said, I don't want you to go. He said, but I'll never be the reason. You'll never have resentment saying that I kept you from your dreams. He said, go. I don't want you to go at all. Yep. And then he said, what I really was hoping to instill in you all was don't go looking for somebody to hire you. Don't go looking for radio to play you. He said, start your own. Yep. 
play your own. You be the person that hire everybody else. Yeah. And that kind of just, it kind of stuck. And then he taught me about taking care of my own garden. Yeah. He says, if you have a garden, if you till the ground, if you yeah. do all of that, plant the seed, you have a garden. He said, don't worry about Chicago. Don't worry about Kansas City. Don't worry about New York. Worry about your garden. Yep. He said, and you'll be able to eat forever. And that's kind of where it came from. And that's that it's simple stuff. Man, I really don't have no recipes. I just got simple, simple stuff. And my now that I'm looking back, my father had almost everything to do with everything. Yeah, man. You know? Yeah. Again, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate this. Thank you. Everything. Like, I remember when you called me to come to the launch. It wasn't even the launching yet. It was the, this is what I'm, I'm about to do when it came For the to source. the source. Yeah. And you called me. I'm like, why is he calling me to be there? <laughs> I ain't nobody. Yes, you are. But a call, thank you, bro. But a, again, a call from two matters and you show up. And you were there, brother. When you called me to play for this last area fellowship, a call from two matters. You were there, brother. <laughs> Let me see. You played uh, This Is The Day. Not this. That's the second album. You played Kyle's song. Yeah. Uh, I Declare and Decree. Yeah, man. You played the second one. What was the second one? The one with Mark David, Korn. Yep. yep. Child of the King. Yeah, man. Sure did. Sure Those did. Those two songs. Yep. And guess what? That was my first live recording. Are you serious? Ever. <laughs> How, were you nervous? What? <laughs> What 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 were what? you nervous about exactly? First of all, it's my first live recording. Uh -huh. It's the area fellowship, so uh -huh. this is like everybody's here. Yeah, and, and watching and looking and watching, and, and it's like 15, 20 bass players just staring at you, just staring at you, <laughs> right? So every rehearsal, I, I didn't care how late we were there. I'm going to be at every rehearsal. Yes, you every are. yeah, every single thing. Hmm. But the process, I got to sit with. <sighs> the big bro. Mm -hmm. Who? Right. I got to sit with Will Bland. Will Bland. DeAndre's um, Kyle Kelly. Kyle Kelly. Absolutely. Tim. Tim Whitley. Because Tim started off playing that song. He I did. Think. So I get he to sit. build on us. <laughs> <laughs> I get to sit with Kyle Kelly, bro. My brother. That's my brother. Absolutely. And just kind of just sit back and learn. You know what I'm saying? And to be at the studio just chilling, it's like, yeah, man. It's levels to this. I know, it definitely is. It's levels to this, man. So you asked me uh, why. I mean, it's it's a live recording. It's it's the every fellowship, you know? And I've done a lot of records, but it's just like, man, everyone's looking at me. And I'm I'm 100% extrovert. Uh-huh. But I still don't like I don't like people looking at me, bro. You're an extrovert. <laughs> I don't like people looking I'm at me. I'm hundred percent an introvert. I know. hundred percent. I feel you. I feel you. That's why you almost never see me anywhere. <laughs> I'm with you. hundred percent. And look, now I have a family. I'm at the crib, bro. I don't be out everywhere. I'm sitting here now thinking about the crib. <laughs> I'm like, yep. I'm gonna wrap this up in a little bit too, bro. <laughs> so check this out. Again, a call from two matters. And I appreciate the call. And the record came out great. Mm, appreciate that. Um, transitioning to be a pastor. <laughs> How's that transition going for you, bro? It, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. A hundred percent. But I also see 
Remember when David killed the lion, killed the bear, yeah. killed Goliath? You you can see the you can see the his journey. Mm-hmm. You see what he was being prepared for. He's being yeah. prepared for Saul. He was being prepared for his own children, mm-hmm. you know, and and the issues he had. You can see the, him being prepared for war and in, in his kingdom and in the nation. Looking back now over everything that I've done, I see the preparation. I see God preparing me for this and doing it. But it's still the hardest thing I've. <laughs> Yeah, I've man. ever done. Probably one of the hardest things about it. Remember, I became minister of music over a 40, 45, 50 voice choir yeah. at the age of 19. Mm-hmm. Older people. I look back, I see how he was preparing me, right? Yeah. And that was a transition. That was hard. I got through it, so it helped me. But this is still one of the hardest things I've ever done. I'm living 1995 all over again. Mm-hmm. That's little too, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's not everybody. And it's not necessarily Lil 2 because everybody don't know me as Lil 2 now like that. This, this is what it is. This is how it is for me, just to be straight up. For years, all these years, I just sat on the organ and did my job. Yeah. I make sure the choir is going to be on point. I make sure the music is on point for the church. I make sure we're organized. Everything is running. I never, ever in my, I don't even, I don't even, maybe one time in my life when Thomas was leaving, Thomas was supposed to be going off to school. I got on the microphone on a Sunday morning to let everybody know this was his last Sunday. That's the only time I can ever remember touching the mic in church. Okay. Yeah, ever. Yeah. I didn't do that. I never preached a sermon before. That's crazy. All of that. That's crazy. But I always did. We do musician Bible studies. Yeah. I've always taught them. Always. Yeah. So teaching the word. I mean, I've had a love, a sincere love for the word since 2004, for real, where yes, it's sir. just like full commitment. Yes, sir. So that, it wasn't the issue. But doing it on a Sunday morning in official capacity, my first Sunday as pastor was my first message. Yeah. Preaching ever in life, you know. That's crazy. So outside of, you know, Bible studies, I've done Bible studies, but. Yeah. yeah, man, it's been, um, so everybody saw me just sitting on the organ. Only the people who were part of the music ministry in church knew that side of me. Mm-hmm. Everybody else didn't. So they just used to me giggling, laughing. I, I was over the media, so I do church announcements, make jokes. They see me smile in the hall, hug, keep going. Yeah. But to now be these people's pastor, that's, and then, and then too, I get it too. I get that it's hard for them because they didn't pick me. Mm-hmm. They came to the church and picked my father as pastor. Yeah. That's who they picked. They inherited me. Yep. And so mm-hmm. that's gotta be rough, man, <clears throat> when it's somebody that's that's now chosen to be your pastor and you didn't choose it. So yeah. that that all of that makes it hard, man. It's, there's a lot of uh against the grain stuff. But at the exact same time, man, I got so much love and support. Way more love and support than yeah. the against the grain. The against the grain is like less than a handful. Yeah. Or has been less than a handful over the last year and a half. I guess because like I love that you said that. Mm. It was prophesied to me a little while ago that there's more people for you than against you. Oh, absolutely. This the thing about the enemy sometimes, he's so loud. Mm-hmm. And you think just because he's loud. Everyone, you know, all the haters, it's so it's so many of them. It's so no, it's not. It's not. A lot of people are really kind of chilling. I, I, I try to advise everybody people. to count. Mm. Count count your haters, mm. count your your quote unquote haters, and count count your support. You'll find out support outweighs it every time. Man, I'm talking about, like I said, the haters, man, that I know of yeah. have probably been three. Yeah, support outweighs it every time. Three out of a whole church. Yeah. Three. So I, I you cannot as pastor I find I cannot uh allow them to dictate my actions, my yeah. movements, what I say over the mic, because those three will make you want to clown yeah. over the mic. <laughs> no, they will. Uh 
But yeah, yeah. so I, I that that's the struggle there. Just the discipline of not saying because I'm still a man. Gotcha. I'm still wrapped in flesh. Hundred percent. And 100%. sometimes I want to snap back. Yeah. So that that's the thing, man. Just recognizing that and not making everybody else suffer. Yeah. Because of three, you know, and, and then two, it calms me down too. Again, when I realize they didn't choose you to, mm-hmm. they chose your dad as pastor. So I totally get it, yeah. and I totally understand where they're coming from. So how does it? How peace. does it feel, man, to see your kids killing the way they are, bro, on the instrument? Uh, I I, I don't I, have my I'll, moments until I get home and watch it because I go home and watch every week. Bro, because I watch it from a, the producer side of me. Yeah. It's like ah, that lower third came in on the wrong spot. Mm. Uh, oh, the track we should have started it right here. I'm always in production mode yeah. from that standpoint. That's by the time I get through that. That's when it's like oh man, them kids sound good. Mm-hmm. They actually sounding pretty good. That's when it, it hits me. And then, you know, I often send them a text or make sure I hug them up. And, yeah, and and let them know, man, how much I appreciate them. I try to at least every week. Cause I believe I saw your daughter. She's a singer now. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. I was as surprised as you are. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Where did this come from?" That's what because I said. Again, she was on the camera. That's what I said. Where did this come from? She was on the camera. Yeah, I mean, of course, I knew she played guitar because <laughs> yeah, she was playing guitar for me for, for the praise and worship team. Okay, but I never heard her sing, and I just started hearing her recently. She'd be coming out of the bathroom in the shower or something. I was like, huh? Yeah. Like, what in the world is going on? And yeah, man. So she man. leads our uh, First Friday. We do First Friday uh, youth services. Awesome. And so she leads that. Yeah. Uh, on on the same record, that landing, bro, I forgot the name of the song. But that dun, 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 He hit this lick, bro. I was like, dun, dun, dun. That's Michael Bradford's song. Oh, my goodness. That landing, bro. Yeah, no, he's a. Uh, oh my god! I can't even lie, man. I can't even lie, man. Yeah, I can't, dude. He, he and Lathan, he's bro. something like, else. Good man. lord. Yeah, but all of them came oh up goodness. together. Yeah, just doing it. Just and I never pushed them. Yeah, never, never forced them. Never, never oh. even taught them. I did that. If you build it, they will come. I bought them a drum set and keyboard and a. The smaller version of this exact same amp mm-hmm. was Landon's first amp. He still has it to this day. Well, actually, my son Joel has it now, but this is the smaller version. I got it from Guitar Center. And I just put it in the room and left it. But during this time, my nephew Thomas yeah. was coming to stay with us every weekend. He started coming with us, I think, at the age of eight, nine, something like that. Okay. And so he stayed with us every weekend for 10 years. Yeah. Well, Thomas is basically a prodigy. He is, bro. Thomas came out the womb playing. So... Thomas would come over if the instruments are in the room. Yeah. My sons and my nephew Zion would just become Thomas's action figures. Yeah. He like, no, y'all do this. Yeah. Play this note, Lathan. Just hit this note. Yeah. While he wanted solo, because he was playing drums. Then he's decided he wanted to play keys. Killing them both. Thomas is really the one that kind of put that together between wow. him and then my brother Butch. Yeah. Butch would be the one, Butch Woody would be the one that would see them playing. And be like, uh, uh-uh, do this. I never really had any real involve any real involvement for real. Not until I wanted to see that they, you know, appreciated it. And once they got older, then okay, now let's go. It's something it's something about being in the atmosphere. I was told a long time ago, 
the law of the law of atmosphere is that the atmosphere is going to change you way before you, you try to change it. Mm. Just being around that greatness. And again, outside looking in, I would think that you just like, no, y'all got to do this. You go, because my daddy did on me. I'm doing this. You know what I'm saying? But you were pretty much, you were more hands off. I was almost completely natural, hands off. And I love that because one thing I don't like are the parents who live their lives through their children. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I played football. Right, and I was pretty good, but I was not—I was not that guy. Mm-hmm. I was—I was decent, and for me to make my son, no, you gonna—I don't—I don't want him to even touch a football. Mm. What are your passions, like in our in our household? Like we don't even push college just because you know people. The way to success is through college. Mm-hmm. We push. What's your purpose? What's your God-given purpose? Explore what Jesus wants you to do. And me and your mom will uh, push that, right? Absolutely. If you started, on, the only requirement is, the only rule, if you started, you can't quit mm-hmm. until th- that season or whatever is, is over. But like for you to be the kind of parent who were who was more hands-off, that's huge, bro. Because now, I know, I know for you, you're more focused on the man that they're becoming, the woman, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying, that she's becoming. 100%. Right? Like, that's more important. Like, who are you becoming as uh, a man and woman of God? That's way more important than the musician and the singer that you're starting to become right now. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I definitely. Like I said, I just didn't really. Man, I just put it in their rooms. Yeah. But I put other things in their room, too. Yeah. And just, I put it there just in case you want to. Yeah, man. You know? And then, uh, like I said, man, I, for real, Thomas, man, is the he's the reason. You know, me and Thomas. Just they were spoke his last little dials, week, bro. Yeah, we just spoke last week, just almost a business type stuff. I love that's my little bro. I love Thomas. Before we wrap this up, yep. You're still after all of this. Before all of this, you are a husband. Mm-hmm. Talk about that for a second. Oh man, man. best thing I ever did in life man. outside of outside of the Lord. Yeah, man. Best decision I ever made in life. How long have you guys been married now? Nineteen years. Nineteen. It'll be twenty years, years at the end of this year. 19 years, man. As a matter of fact, a uh, funny story is I met my wife in April 1999, and I had yeah. a rule because by this time, I, I was traveling. I used to travel all the time, play, do yep. concerts, yep. little mini tours, things like that. And I had a rule. I would never, ever, 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 ever talk to a girl. I had standards even when I wasn't 100% sold out for the Lord. I yeah. had standards and morals, of course, and I had limitations. I had limits, boundaries, man. And my boundary, my rule was I never, ever, ever talk to a girl that I meet at a concert. Yeah. I don't I didn't exchange numbers. I didn't do that cuz it was that was a different kind of woman. Mm-hmm. You know, they she was attracted to something else. She was attracted to what she saw on stage. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know, I've been through that, been there and done that. So for years I had that rule. And uh, the, this particular night, we were doing a youth jam, a youth event, big event, news was there, everything. And a, a buddy of mine, a musician, but he's a pastor now over here, yeah. came to me and said, man, there's a young lady. She would kill me if she knew that I was back here doing this. But man, will you please just meet her, man? You would make her night. I was like, bro, I can't. I can't, man. I don't, that's that's against that's against my rules, man. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah. Oh. And we were at the old B-Fact. We had curtains yeah. behind the stage. Mm-hmm. And he said, man, there she is right there. She's standing right there at the altar. And when I saw who she was, I said, oh, that's the girl with the eyes. That's because I've, <laughs> I've been, man, I've been seeing my wife before she's my wife for, I'm talking about years. Yeah. 
our church is fellowship, gotcha. but we never ever spoke to each other. Gotcha. We never waved nothing. Man, I can tell you times that my wife and I were will just be happen to be driving down the same road and we'll wow. catch eyes. And I can see that little sparkling. I can see her almost blush. We never spoke. That went on for years. Wow. Until that night when he said, man, there she is right there. And when I saw who it was, I said, man, I guess this one time I'll break this rule. And first girl I ever, she's the first girl I ever approached, mm-hmm. you know, ever. So the first girl <laughs> I ever approached, the girl I broke the rule with, yeah. that's the girl I married. And that's, man, I love that woman, boy. I, I wouldn't have... That. None, nothing that I do. Yeah, nothing is is all her, man. Everything is her. Me too. Music. That's what I'm talking about. Pastoring. Yeah, man. Everything is her. The business side. When I when I went about the city, that was yeah. her. Everything that happened, that was yeah. her, man. Hundred percent. So, yeah, I ain't no idiot. I'm not stupid. Uh, <laughs> I ain't as smart as people think that I, that I am. I feel My you. wife, man, is a huge part. I feel that. If not the biggest part. Of, of everything that I do. I love to hear it, man. Again, too, I'm going to wrap this up, bro, because mm-hmm. there's so much, there's so much history. Like, bro, you, you have played with so many artists and you have been involved in the beginning of so many careers. And just on behalf of St. Louis and East St. Louis and Illinois and Missouri, everybody, <laughs> thank you, man. Man, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank I know you for you've had, the love. I know you've had appreciation services and thank you, bro. Like you have been an intricate part of the careers and the lives of so many people. Mm. And right now we're talking about music, but I you you do life with people. That's why so many people trust you. Like you do life with people and we don't talk every day, but your life is kind of a blueprint for me. Mm. Here's what I mean. When you said about Getting musicians young. Mm -hmm. I preach that so much, bro. And also having the confidence and the uh, leadership capabilities to lead your homies. That's something I've struggled with. But like as I'm talking with you and listening, it's like, it's been your whole life, though. From when you were MD to now Me Too Music. Oh, talk about it. Part of the secret is, is, is... Because you got to remember, Rob is older than me. Yeah. Alvin is younger. Don is older than me. Yeah. All of these guys I work with, even though we joke a lot and we play a lot, there are still some. My father taught me this when I was young. Everybody can't afford to see two. Yeah. You can't. You you can't afford to show everybody two. That's real. You you have to keep boundaries. That's real. So there's certain lines. All, although we are the closest of brothers, yeah, man. There are sides of me I can't show them. Otherwise. I can't lead them. Yeah. I'm Rob's pastor now. Yeah, man. I'm Alvin's pastor. I ain't Don's pastor. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm their pastor. Yeah. So though we joke, though we play, <clears throat> there's there, I, that's what I've learned. That's what I learned coming up as a young musician, as a, as a young leader. I, I can't do the same jokes and say the same stuff everybody else says. Yep. You know, so. But how amazing it is to be in your inner circle, though. The ones who you can be to around. The ones who you can just let loose and just be cool. Oh, man. Yeah, how? I, I, well, I, I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazing, still, bro. too, with boundaries. Even yeah. with my closest brothers, like yeah. Alvin and my brother Joe and, and, and Rob. I'm still, I can let my quote-unquote hair down. I love it. But I still have to do it with boundaries. Because you're a pastor now. Yeah. But even before that. They're pa- yeah. Oh, yeah. Even way before Because you've always been their leader, bro. Exactly. You've always been their leader. And and if if they don't respect me, man, yeah. 
we we're not making moves. We can't yeah. we can't do things if they don't respect if they don't respect me. We're not getting through a record. Gotcha. We're not getting through these live recordings and all of the rehearsals and the meetings. No, we're not getting through that if they don't respect me. And the same if I don't respect them. So it, it works both ways. They, gotcha. they, they, they are, man, these are men. You know, these are stand up men who, who are husbands other than Alvin. <laughs> <laughs> My last question would be how do you prioritize the pastoral responsibilities, mm-hmm. the pastoral great call, question. and Me Too music? And Absolutely great question. Husband. And father, and I, I know you have some grown kids, now, mm-hmm. right? But how do you prioritize? But I still got that? a thirteen-year-old at home. Yeah, because I don't believe in balance. I don't think ba- like a perfect balance exists. Mm-hmm. I believe in I take care of what has the priority at the moment. Yeah, I may see Talk things a little it. different. Talk about I don't necessarily. I don't know that I've ever even had that thought. I don't know if there. I've ever had the thought of a perfect balance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you made me. You put something on my mind. I don't know if I've ever even considered that but I was having this conversation with somebody a kind of a similar conversation somebody yeah. called me this was this week and I told them I am not as talented as you think if I have a superpower if I have a talent it's organization mm. that's my talent I am an organized person talk about it My if I pulled up my alarm right now you'll see how many times my alarm goes off in one day wow in one day, all I got to do is show it to you. This is the stuff I want the listeners to really understand, bro. This is every I'm day. I'm looking at it. That's a lot. This is every day. You still scrolling, bro. Yeah. That's every day. My alarm goes off to say little things yeah. like uh, take the trash out. Yeah. This is trash night. Take it out. Literally, I, I have one that goes off and says, get down and do this many push-ups, drink yeah. this much water. Organization is the key. So the superpower is organization. That is my that's oh, my real skill. That's a gem. That's bro. my real talent. Oh my goodness, too. To organize. Yeah, man. Which is the only way. You hear me what I'm saying? That's the only way you can pull off a St. Louis Area Fellowship. 100 percent There is no other way to do it if you're not organized. Yeah. My real talent, again, is not music. Again, I'm not the music guy. My real talent is organization. Mm-hmm. So that is rolled over. It was a pastor, but he called me from Houston. That's what I was talking to yesterday. He owns a radio station in Houston. And he was talking to me about it. He said, bro, you still doing your radio show? He said, and I just watched your service from Sunday. You still playing? He said, man, why? <laughs> he said, and how are yeah. you able to find how? the time? Yeah, yeah. And I told him, man, first of all, Mondays is my off day. I yep. do no, I do nothing. On, I don't brush my teeth till my wife is getting off work. Chilling. Big chilling. I'm talking about, that's when I get to watch TV. Yeah. That's when I get to catch up. And then Monday night, we go skating every Monday night. Yep. Gospel skate. So I'm skate in skating. I'm, yep. I'm shaking hands and kissing babies. Mm-hmm. Hosting gospel skate. Tuesday, uh, Monday night when I get home, phone goes off. Yep. It is turned completely off because Tuesday morning, that's the time I spend with the Lord, man. Tuesday mm-hmm. all day. To, uh, up until about six o'clock when I go to Bible study. Yeah. But that's the day I spend with the Lord. That is the day. It's nothing but mountaintop. I'm fasting. I'm praying and I'm preparing my message for Sunday. I do that every every Tuesday. Yes, sir. Every so you'll never reach me. If you text me or call me on the Tuesday, you just won't get me. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the time to spend with the Lord. Tuesday night, I'm at church, Bible study. By Wednesday morning, that's my Me Too Music Day. That's when, yeah. okay, let me handle Me Too Music business, paperwork, let me do this, payouts, the source, all yeah. this. Programming the radio show, the station. I'm getting that ready for Sunday. 
And then by Wednesday, I'm wrapping up also on church announcements. Any, anything that struggled that I didn't get done Tuesday. And then by this, now it's like Wednesday afternoon. Mm -hmm. By Wednesday afternoon, okay, this is the only day I really get to get in the studio now. Yeah. Wednesday and Thursday, every now and then on Friday. Tiandra sends me Thursday night. She sends me, because she films. We set her up with a green screen at mm -hmm. home. She films the minute at home. So by Thursday night, I'm editing that yeah. so we can upload it Friday morning. Friday, okay, it's time to go. And then Thursday, I do an intern. I got an internship program. They come to the church. So I do that. So I'm, I'm able to work there, do some production. I do maintenance at church, make sure the sound is together. I do all that Thursday. Load up the announcements, the lyrics, the songs, yeah. my scriptures, because everything is done. My sermon mm -hmm. is done. Saturday is rehearsal. You know, man, that, that's how I do everything. It's scheduled. Schedules, and I, I live... I live by those between alarms. my alarm yeah, and see that says to-do list. See it, bro. I That's see what it. I wrote within the last couple of days to say, oh, this is what has to be done yeah, in the next couple of days. So if anything, like I said, organization, man, I use what we have. I use technology, all of that to help keep me on track and uh bro, again, keep me organized. That's a gem. Organization is my super superpower. I gotta put that in the That's probably song. my only superpower. Organization. <laughs> you killing though. On that, keys. That's my superpower. Organization is my superpower. Well, the only reason I'm I'm quote unquote killing on keys, because part of my organization says Negroes sit down and practice yes, sir. and learn everybody's part. Cause that's always been my thing. I ain't the greatest musician, but I'm not gonna be the weakest link. So how am I not the weakest link? Listen. I may not be the strongest link musically. Mm-hmm. But my, you're not gonna outthink me because yeah. I'm gonna know your, I'm gonna know the soprano, alto, tenor, I'm gonna know the lead, I'm gonna know all the lyrics, I'm gonna know the bass notes, I'm gonna know the drum, I'm gonna, I'm gonna know everybody's part, and that's what, that's why I said my talent is my preparation and my my organization. I know that this this episode is gonna it's gonna help a lot of people, but this session is is for me, bro. I know it is. You don't even have to air I'm, the episode. I'm learning. I'm just glad to be able to talk to you bro, like this. I'm learning so much. As a matter of fact, don't air it. Just I gotta air let it this be between me Everybody and Everybody got to hear it. <laughs> I'm so appreciative too, man. And I can go on for hours because there's so much I want to know. But, man, I love you, bro. And I, I appreciate you for love coming you back, man. to The fact that you invited me podcast, means everything. bro. Um, I can't believe you asked me almost like you were. It was like some reserve there. Like you almost didn't want to ask me. I'm like, huh, man, I'm there. What are you talking about? Bro, you are so busy. And... Yeah, you a part of my busy though. I tell everybody I that. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. The, you are a part of my busy. You're a part of that. If we could all, man, you know how great our area would be yeah. if we all just showed that type of love and attention to each other? You know, that's that's my deal, man. You are my busy. Gotcha. What's next? What's next for uh, for me to music, bro? Well, we're working on I I never ever, you never ever hear me say never. I'm I, I refuse to be a person to tell people what I'm working on. Okay. Um I think St. Louis has been spoiled on that because everybody says, Yeah, we're doing this and we got this coming out. hundred percent And then all of a sudden, when you say it is coming out, because things happen, life happens. Mm -hmm. Then it doesn't come out, it's three months later. Yep. So I've always made it a habit for years. I never Move say silence. what I'm working. Yep. Yep. And what you know is when it comes out. I'm with that. Yep. And so just know I'm I'm working, always working. Yeah. So, yeah, we're we're always working, and we still do our show every week. We yes, still sir. do our Meet the Music Minute every week. Wake up, yes sir. <laughs> we still do all of that, and yes, sir. we're always working on music. Just know that.
Shout out to Bible Fellowship Apostolic Church. Yep, Gateway Area. Gateway. Bible Fellowship Church. Shout out to Me Too Music, the team. Everybody. Everybody. The whole family. The wife, the kids. Everybody. The lineage. Everybody. Um, Everybody. Shout out to your wife and all your children for having me. Your son looked at me like, who is this yellow man (laughs) (laughs) walking in my house? Juju is crazy. He looked at me like this. Uh, again, man, I appreciate you for coming through. Um, I'm gonna just keep saying that. No one, if you think about St. Louis and Illinois, you're one of the first people that come to mind. You know, people think about Nelly. Everybody else also thinks about Two King. Like you have put us on the map, bro. For years. Tomorrow morning, I, when I wake up, I'm gonna blow into a bag. <laughs> And I'm going to seal it real quick and I'm going to mail it to you. I'm going to let you see what my breath smell like. I'm just, I got you, bro. That's why I'm you like. You cannot think about St. Like, Louis huh? without thinking about. What are you about, talking about? Think about your involvement and your impact. You can't, bro. You cannot think about this region without thinking about you. Uh, I don't it's think facts. about facts. I don't think about me. So. I feel you. But so. We're all That's just, why I said when you were talking tonight, I was like, yeah, I did that. Bro. Like, for real? Like, man. Okay. Again, thank you. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, man. And this is Jesus and Jordan's podcast. I don't even own a pair of Jordans, but okay. (laughs) I'm like, this man is...